Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Hmm. Sat Nam. If you've never received anything, can you give something? It's a trick question. If you've never received anything, can you give something? Yes or no? So is it better to give than to receive? Isn't it better to do both? Because you can't give what you haven't received. When you train yourself to slip into the space not yet occupied, what you're going to have to receive is the awareness of what space is not yet occupied. In order to receive the awareness of what space is not yet occupied, you have to surrender to awareness so that you can receive it. Because if you attach some description Oh, it must be, oh, it must be, oh, it must be, oh, it must be. Now you're just occupying the space that is already occupied with more noise. So in order for you to move forward, you need to become empty so that you can be filled. And then you need to give it away so that you can become filled. And it's that process of exhaling and allowing the inhale. Your lungs are naturally inflated. In order to inhale, you must relax. You must create effort to give. The same thing holds true for the micro-orbit of the kundalini. In order for the kundalini to rise, there must be space for it to rise. It must enter the space not yet occupied. And in order for there to be no occupation in the space, you need to release from right here. You need to release from your solar plex. This is attached to the heart center and to the navel center. And it's the bridge through which the heat and warmth of your liver is able to reach the heart. So you release this, your heart becomes warm, it absorbs. Your lungs become empty, they absorb. The pathway of the vagus nerve becomes open the descending energy draws the kundalini up the spine and it goes like this and it goes like this and the circulation goes like this. That which is within is also without. So if you want to accomplish something, 
you must surrender to the awareness of what's not yet occupied. Once you're in the position of what's not yet occupied, you can then move into the places that don't yet exist. For your idea to truly become a phenomenon, it must be unique. It can't be just a copy. Because in order to make a copy into something that is somewhat succeeding, you have to be very forceful. As I was approaching Yoga West this morning, the traffic this morning was absolutely full. And so we went into the spaces not yet occupied, which were all the side streets. But as I was approaching Yoga West, because finally even the side streets became clogged and I realized the space not yet occupied is the sidewalk. So I had my wife, I said, okay, you'll go back from here and two blocks or two and a half blocks away, three blocks away. I got out of the car and I was walking on the sidewalk. I said, wow, what freedom. What incredible freedom in the space not yet occupied. And as I was approaching Yoga West, the fire system comes out of the building, right? Aggression. And the only thing that can be aggressive is like fire trucks and police trucks in the space that's already occupied. But that is what's happening in this world. What's happening in this world is that nobody knows that the ability to move forward is to surrender. And so everybody is trying to become more and more and more aggressive in order to achieve the space that's already occupied and throw out the people, throw out that which is occupying the space and take over the space. There's an absolutely terrible quote. All is fair in love and war. That's the quote of an extreme aggressive. As is, tis better to give than to receive. As is, money is the root of all evil. All of these quotes are just emperor's quotes to try and subjugate and it's not about bad people, it's just about the nature of a human being being a carnivore. That's a side issue, we're not gonna go down that trail this morning. So what you want to do is you want to realize that right here, which is the diaphragm, you want to release that. So close your eyes for just a moment. Make sure your cell phones are turned off. That was not part of the meditation. And just feel your diaphragm. Experience your breath, not as the breather, but as the witness. Become conscious of your breathing as the witness. The witness in your breath is the space not yet occupied. To move into the space that does not yet exist 
is when we move from being the witness to our breathing to become the breathing without being the breather, without being the breath. And this can all be achieved by that simplest function of your life, your breath. And let's take it down one more level. As your inhale enters the lungs, witness your lungs. And then go down inside of your lungs with your mind's eye or with your gut's sensation. and experience the process of osmosis. Oxygen moving through the walls of those alveoli sacs, through the walls of the capillaries. Molecule after molecule after molecule. And at the same time, as oxygen and prana move into the space not yet occupied in the bloodstream, they're producing information of a space that does not yet exist. For with every breath, come the seeds of new ideas. Begin to follow those pathways that are not yet occupied. Train yourself to follow them in your physical internal so that you can reproduce them in the physical external, in the emotional external in the mental external, in the spirit external. Surrender your solar plexus. Become the witness to your breathing. These are the spaces of solution, of opportunity, of resolution, Rub your palms together. And place them over your eyes. And then open your eyes and move the hands forward, adjusting to the light. When you gently resist the urge to move, the urge to make a sound. Recognize that the urge to move and the urge to make a sound is primarily the urge to know that you exist. 
It's the ability for your sensory system to be in touch with some signal of your existence. To allow yourself to disappear allows the world without any distortion to appear. In, if you were to look at it graphically, normally when you're trying to make sure that you exist, you follow the sympathetic nervous system represented in red here. And the way you know that you exist is you exist because you're not that. You exist because you're not that. You exist because you're not that. This is the biological nature of a two-year-old. And it's why it's called the terrible twos. Because the terrible twos, in whatever language they use, learns the word that means no. And it's a stage through which a child must grow. It must enter this stage because it must self-identify. In order to fully use its motor system, it must identify what its motor system can do. In order to fully utilize its neurological system, it must fully understand what its neurological system can do. And it's learning what it can do and what it can do by learning what it isn't. And so it says, I'm not that. Can you want? No. Can I do? No. No, no. It's always in the negative, and it's by defining that negative that it's establishing itself in what's called the sympathetic nervous system. Because when a child is first born, it's pure parasympathetic. It's pure bliss. It's such pure bliss that it creates the oxytocin to be triggered in the mother and whoever else is close, the nanny and whoever, the, the, the grandmother, whoever else is close and susceptible to that hormone will have it triggered inside of them. In order for that incredible openness to be self-identified, it has to shut down. But then it needs to open back up. It goes through several stages. It goes through the vast openness. It then goes through the closed off. It then goes through the observation and then it goes through the quest. And in the quest, which is adolescence, is where most people haven't ever gone to. And so that's what we do in kundalini classes and in the meditations and in the asanas and in the kriyas, is that we're literally stretching into our adolescent nature. And it needs to then unhook your things that have shut you down and kept you locked into the sympathetic nervous system so that you can open up to the possibilities. Well, you can't open up to the possibilities if your brain is dictating, I need to move my leg. Hmm. Hmm. I need to have a drink of water. Hmm. Hold on a minute. I need to... Hmm. Hold on. Hmm. It's not working very well. And this is the sympathetic nervous system saying, do you exist? Do you exist? Do you exist? Do you exist? Of course I exist. I can move my right arm, you see? 
I can pick up my bottle of water, you see? I can do this, you see? I can do this, you see? I exist, 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 I exist. Or then there's this, it's the nom, it's the to say you exist. But what if your existence was just history? That all you're reminding yourself is of how you existed previously. Wouldn't it be incredible if you could enter who you are growing into? And the only way that you can do that is with no luggage, no carry-on, no check bags. And what that means is that you have to simply become the witness. And when your nose itches, outlast it. Because that is just one of the cells in your body going, do I exist? <laughs> Do I exist? <laughs> and the tinier that cell is, the more intense that itch will be. And did you ever notice that when you scratch an itch, you never actually get to the itch, you get all around it? If you have somebody, you could, could you just scratch my back, you know? They go everywhere, but except for that one place where that itch is, that's because that itch doesn't exist in a place. That itch exists as a concept. And it's a concept of am I conceived? Do I exist? You master this and you master life. You resist this mastery and you're just arguing over the space that's already existing. It's already occupied. And we have right now a demonstration. And all the news channels are mirroring the demonstration. Can you believe? Oh my God. No, no, no. Oh my dear. What a yeah. They're arguing over everything. What is taking place right now is not about a person, and it's not about a personality, and it's not about a position. What is taking place right now in this world is about an evolution. What you'll need to do is you'll need to ignore all of that. They'll tell you if everything stopped. Somebody will knock on your door. But you'll ignore all that. You will not allow that into your system. And what you'll do is you'll discover the space that's not yet occupied. And then the kundalini starts to move. 
become aware of witnessing the breathing. And ultimately, you become the breathing without being the breather, without being the breath. You're just, and once you become the breathing, you enter the space that does not yet exist. This is a measurable, not a philosophical, not a theoretical. This is a measurable pathway to enlightenment. Because other than something measurable, other than you being able to fully witness, enlightenment is just an idea. And it's got value as an idea. It can inspire you as an idea. But then again, you have no idea if you're getting any closer to the idea. And what we need to satisfy the analytical nature of the head brain, because all of this meditation moves you into the heart brain and the gut brain, what we need for the analytical nature of the head brain, otherwise it'll drive you crazy with, I need a drink of water, excuse me, hold on a minute. Uh, I need to itch. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Oh, I need to see. Yeah, okay. It will drive you crazy with all that need unless you give it something to feed on. And what you give your head brain to feed on is a metric, a measurable. That's why we have 40 day, 120 day thousand day, three minute, 11 minute, 31 minute, 62 minute meditations, Kriyas, practices. You can measure them. I'm on day 35, you say. My wife and I are on day 4,322 on one and 3,322 on another and then 500 and then 700 and then 1300 on others. We have been doing these things because our head brain needs to have measurables and that's how we keep it occupied. This is very important. Give your head brain something that is really phenomenal to measure and then work with your heart brain and your gut brain so that you can surrender into the micro-orbit, feel the circulation of your blood, experience the respiration, all of it as a witness. And then eventually you move into it. And the way you can measure the fact that you've moved into it is that it feels like an entire full-body orgasm, starting very subtle, that your whole body begins to tingle. Your whole body begins, right as I'm talking to you, right as I'm talking to you, the tip of my nose right now is itching. Just to prove that no one is beyond that, yes? Just to prove it. So close your eyes. Don't scratch your nose. Don't take a drink of water. You can hydrate later. Don't breathe. 
That was a joke. Don't be the breather. Witness your breath. And once you've settled in, don't move. I can remember Yogi Bhajan yelling at me because my body naturally wavers as most musicians do. Stop moving, Guru Singh. It was like 200 people in the room all hating me in that moment. your palms together and shake them out. Now the polarity to the witness, which is the sage, is the warrior. But the warrior is not a soldier. A soldier is one who follows orders and is aggressive, etc. The Tao was the best description of the warrior. Lao Tse. And Lao Tse, as you've heard me say before, would always speak in terms of when the arrow arrives, be not present. Not when the arrow arrives, have a massive metal shield so that the arrow can't penetrate it. No. When the arrow arrives, be not present. In other words, you're going to enter the space not yet occupied by the arrow. So when the arrows of time, when the arrows of opposition arrive, you're so much the witness, you're so intuitive that you simply move into the space that is not yet occupied and eventually you can move into the space that doesn't exist. And so the way that the, the Tao was teaching you is that you can when you fully occupy yourself, you become tuned to what isn't occupied around yourself. And that's what many of the, the um, asanas, the postures in yoga are, is that they are you fully occupying your physical form. For example, we're going to go into pigeon pose, which was literally what the birds were using their talons to comb out their wing feathers. You've seen them do that. And so the pigeon pose was this. Coming down, this is your leg with the talons, these are your wings, you come down like this. What we're doing here is we're opening up the pelvic bowl, which is your purpose. We're opening up the hip, into the thigh, which is your intention and your motivation, and we're opening up the lower spine, which is your inspiration. So you've, you've vacated the space as the arrow arrives, now you want to move into the space not yet occupied. The moment that you have not been in the space occupied, this is you discovering the space to occupy.
that is not yet occupied. This is how you move forward. This is how the wind moves a sailboat forward. This is how the wind itself moves. It moves from a high pressure occupied space into a low pressure unoccupied space, which is called depression. That's all depression is, is an unoccupied space. It's an opportunity. Depression is an opportunity to enter the space. So just as a note after broadcast, as you're, as you're doing some of these efforts and meditations and exercises at home, there's no sheet for today's class, but as you're doing some of these at home, be very aware that you're not the doer. Even in the movement of your posture, be the witness. Allow your body to move and become the witness. Allow your breath to move and become the witness. And in that way, you're becoming, you're actually entering the space that's not yet occupied. And it's from that space that's not yet occupied that you, as the witness, as the witness, as the witness, become the event. And that's going to take some practice. But as you become the invent, the invent, as you become the event, you begin to invent time. And that's how you produce what it is that you're looking to, you know, your pelvis is your purpose. So you begin to produce your purpose. So this whole thing is interrelated. Good work. Satnam. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.